Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Sports as a Job podcast, Journey of the Working Sports Professional. This is your host, Kobe Castillo. And if this is your first time listening in, don't worry. I welcome you to the family with open arms. This podcast was created to document my journey working in sports. I'm currently the Athletic Assistant Event Management and Interim Coordinator at the University of Minnesota Crookston. I want to share insight and advice and show you what it's like in my own personal journey so that way you can learn from my own story. And secondly, I'm bringing in sport professionals from all over the sport industry, from media, marketing, college athletics, college recreation, and professional sports to share their insight, to share their story, and give you different options and show you there are different paths to work in the sports industry. And as always, the message I want to spread is we are all on our own individual journeys, but you are not alone. So with episode six today, I have a very, very... uh, experienced guest. This is a person I'm privileged to have on the podcast. This individual has served in college athletics in different capacities. He has over 23 years of experience working in college athletics. He was named director of athletics at Amherst College back in February 2014 and still remains in the same position. He leads the nation's oldest intercollegiate program that dates dates back to 1860. Amherst College has 27 sport teams compete in the New England Small College Athletic Conference and the NCAA Division III Conference. He is responsible for overseeing a staff of 29 full-time coaches and 58 assistant coaches and athletic staff. So without further ado, I would like to introduce my special guest. Welcome, Don Falstick, to the Sports is a Job podcast. Thank you for coming on. Welcome, Don. How are we doing today? I'm great, Colby. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. And it's it's a privilege, and I like to start off the conversation with a very casual question, just to start off. Um, do you have any favorite sports team that you support professionally? Yeah, well, I don't know if it's going to be uh, real popular on your show <laughs> here, but um, you know, I got a root for the Patriots out here. Of course, um, of course. So uh, that's a team that. Uh, um, you know, funny story. I started rooting for the Patriots with Matt Patricia, is a guy that I coached. Um, oh wow! Okay. And uh, here at Amherst and at RPI, and he got to the Patriots, and I figured I'd better like the Patriots. <laughs> um, so I started liking them, and it's hard not to like them when you're in New England. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure. I'm sure you're surrounded by New England um, diehard lovers out there, and that's that's a pretty cool connection you have with the New England Patriots there. Yeah, well, when he left, uh, you know, uh, Coach Belichick checks a Wesleyan grad. So um, when Matt left to, to go to Detroit, um, I really didn't have a connection back there. So yeah. I, I'm looking for, uh, I guess I'm a Detroit fan now. But okay. I'm usually a fan of where, uh, if I know somebody or if I, you know, um, just respect people that play, you know, and respect how, you know, how much they've meant to their teams and so forth. Everybody's got different reasons to support teams. So let's jump into the conversation. Um, You arrived at Amherst College, you know, 18 years ago. And one of the really interesting things I read about your career is that, you know, you served on as different capacities as you were a football assistant coach, you know, offensive coordinator. You were a head softball coach, um, associate director of athletics, and now you're the director of athletics. You know, let's take it back 18 years ago. How did you end up at Amherst College? Yeah, that's a really good question. So, um, 
So, um, 1970, uh, well, not 1970, that shows how old I am, <laughs> but 1997, um, the, the head coach here at Amherst College is, was Jack Sidlecki, and I had worked with Jack before when I was at Worcester Poly Tech. And um, I had just gone back to, to WPI, and um, when Jack was um, looking at the Yale position, which he eventually got, um, and he was the head coach at Yale, you know, I, 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 I was staying in touch with him, and I was selfishly hoping I was going to have a shot to go to Yale with him to coach football. <laughs> and um, when I finally got a hold of him, you know, no cell phones or anything back then, um, he said, yeah, uh, you, you can't come with me. I have to hire some, you know, guys with more Division One experience. Yeah. But, um, but E.J. Mills is going to be named the head coach, and they're going to need someone to run the offense, and you should go to Amherst. And, um, you know, and so I knew a little bit about Amherst, but didn't know a whole lot. Um, but, um, you know, I met E.J. and um, saw his vision, and, and, and talking with Coach Sidlecki at the time, he basically told me, if you don't go to Amherst, you're an idiot. So um, I ended up going to Amherst and coaching football in a, on a one-year contract, actually, because wow. Coach Mills was an interim coach. Mm-hmm. Um, but him and, and Coach Sidlecki had put some good teams together, and we were going to be good if I didn't screw it up. So... Um, <laughs> It worked out, uh, and that's that, that's kind of how it got started. And it, it, it seems like, you know, especially a common theme, I, I think, um, talking to a lot of individuals working in the sport industry, I think a lot of it, you know, there's there's the networking and the connections and the relationships you build. I think there's an importance in that because a lot of times, like as you said, you know, knowing the head coach, Jack, um, this opportunity came from you knowing him and really talking to him about different opportunities. And I, I think that's a very common theme for a lot of the listeners to understand and so you know it, it seems you started off your career as a football coach so was it always the plan to be a coach or did you want to work in college athletics you know what was the journey like um to being the direct director of athletics today yeah well it certainly uh i i certainly had a different path to you know in getting to the position that, that i have now mm-hmm. um but going through it I just wanted to coach football, and I thought, you know, as a young coach, I thought I'd be a head football coach at, you know, at some time, and, you know, you put timelines on yourself, and I'm going to coordinate by this age and be a head coach at this age, and, um, you know, it never really happened that way for me necessarily, you know, there's things that come up and and so forth, but, you know, once I was kind of you know, locked in into Division Three. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have to be more than, than than a coach that coaches. You know, a singular sport. So, yeah. um, you know, twenty years ago, a lot of people were coaching two sports, and some were even coaching three sports, and wow. had different different administrative duties. Um, and so, I had some experience. You know, coaching baseball and coaching lacrosse and. Um, I coached softball as an assistant coach when I was at Rensselaer, and so when I got hired at Amherst, part of the, uh, partly for them, uh, they knew I had some baseball experience, I had some softball experience, and so I got, you know, basically hired as the head softball coach and offense coordinator. Um, You know, and then throughout my 
my time here, um, I got more and more into the administrative piece, um, which isn't really anything that I had planned. I mean, I always thought I was going to be a head coach. I was just doing administrative things um, so I could spend more time on football, yeah, to be honest yeah. with you. But as time passed by and, um, you know, I would just do whatever the AD wanted me to do and took on more and more stuff. And um, eventually, uh, you know, I became a assistant AD and did club sports and mm-hmm. ran facilities and then became a you know associate AD with a you know when Suzanne Coffee came on and then um, you know what was interesting is that you know um, as an internal candidate it's not always it's not always easy to be an internal candidate they kind of know you too well or. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of you know a lot more sexier candidates out there, or have a better resume. Um, but things have been going really well here at Amherst for us, and uh, the athletic director at the time, Suzanne Coffee, and I had a good relationship, and um, you know, really paved the way to to allow an internal candidate to to actually have a, a, a chance at at a position. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I did it for a year as an internal candidate. They opened it up. They opened up the search. Uh, I was fortunate enough to uh, to come out with the job. Yeah. So um, certainly not traditional in, in that sense. Uh, I uh, I never really planned to to, to be an athletic mm-hmm. director at, at Amherst College, and you know it's uh, it's certainly been a, a great experience for me. I think that was the one of the fascinating things that. Uh, I looked at and I saw was that you know you were a football coach and a softball coach and I was talking to a lot of our student athletes here about that and they were like they had no clue how that even lined up but hearing that you had baseball experience and especially uh, about you talking about at the division three level or division two smaller division two level a lot of these coaches and, and staff members have to take on different responsibilities and so through this journey um and then something I battle with with myself professionally is I feel like I, I, I sometimes I feel like I don't know everything, and it, it kind of stresses me out because I feel like there's a lot of for me a lot of things for me to know. Um, how did you did you deal with that challenge? How did you deal with that challenge? Because I mean, you were taking on more responsibility, but there was there, I'm sure there was no way that you knew everything, right? Oh yeah, there's no doubt, and and I'm still learning. I still don't know everything every day. One of the great things about this position is that there's challenges that come up all the time. Um, and, uh, you know, not being in administration for very long, there's no real AD handbook. Yeah. Right? There, there was a, there's not a handbook that says if this thing happens, then you should do this or this or this. Um, but it's skill-related, right? I mean, if, if you can solve problems, if you can get along with people, if you care about people um, and can build um, – you know, and are a good collaborator. I mean, there's certain skills I think that you learn as a coach or learn in, um, in, in different ways that um, help you solve problems uh, mm-hmm. if and when they come up. And um, even if you haven't had a ton, you know, a ton of experience, now it's easier. You know, these things get easier once you experience them, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, I, I uh, I'm still learning. I'm, yeah. I'm still I'm still making mistakes, and you know, um, but I, I but I, I think there's a part of it that um, you're growing too, right? Mm-hmm. And if, you, if you ever think you're stopped, if you ever if people think that you're you're done growing, um, 
you know, you, you probably have a problem. So, yeah, yeah. You know, so I, uh, man, I learn something new every day from either administrative or from a student or from a coach and, you know, or another administrator that I deal with on campus. And that's, that's part of the excitement about the job. Mm-hmm. Life's, life's a never-ending learning journey. There's no question. No question. And you, you mentioned it, you know, your coach, your time as a coach, um, a lot of skills that you learned there kind of transferred over um, to being an administrator. So if you could touch base, like what what skills um, necessarily do you think are important of, of having or you being able to do your job? Like what skills transferred from being a coach to being an administrator? Yeah, um, I think it probably depends on the person itself. But I think one of the things um, and, I, and I can only speak personally, but, mm-hmm. you know, being the offense coordinator and, and making decisions, um, you know, you think about how many decisions that a person has to make, you know, throughout the week, whether you're doing scripts or you're working on personnel, and then you're working at game day, and, you know, you're making, you're, you're making decisions all the time based on your breakdowns, based on some maybe gut feeling, maybe based on some input from other people. And, um, you know, I just think that that decision-making component to to being a head coach or coordinator um, was relatable for me, you Mm -hmm. know. And Mm -hmm. uh, I think um, that's what people uh, saw in me and uh, gave me, you know, gave me a chance. you know, the other thing is that is how it's the old adage, but just getting along with people and how to are you a good teacher? You know, how do you get along with people? Do you teach? Do you teach? Uh, um, do you respect every person that you meet? Are you are you friendly? Are you approachable? Um, are you caring? Right? I mean, mm-hmm. people care. You know, what's the old adage? Uh, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Right? I think yeah. that's. Yeah. Um, there's a lot to that, and um, I think some of that is just um, it was instilled with me by being around um, a lot of really good players around um, and, and the spots that I've been at, and just being around good coaches, you know, in my travels that um, really, you know, really made that an emphasis. So I think that's those are a couple of the big ones for me. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you always you're, you keep bringing up um, being a coach, and I think I can tell it's it was a huge part of you, um, and professionally and personally. And so I really want to talk about you know your time as a coach. And so you know when I was looking at your experience um, with winning, you know it was very fascinating and impressive. And a lot of the, on the line it says that you as a football f- offensive coordinator you helped lead the team to uh, one one hundred one and thirty five overall record. Um, this included undefeated seasons in 2009 and 2011. Um, and then as a softball coach, you helped lead the team to a 53-12 and record in their first NCAA tournament appearance. And it, it seems like as your time as, as a director of athlete, athletics, that's also transferred into other teams. You know, 12 conference championships, making 43 NCAA tournament appearances, um, including seven NCAA Final Fours and four national championship victories. And so for me... You know, it's always been a goal of mine in the future and right now and building a, a successful program. You know, winning winning is subjective. When it comes to athletics, we think of, of it as wins and losses. But more importantly, I'm starting to see it more um, winning on and off the field. You know, I'm taking interest in our student athlete athletes succeeding off the field and especially as their time after their time with us as student athletes. So with your experience, 
you know, what are the values that you have to establish to build a winning program? You know, what does a winning athletic program program consist of? And how did you help build this winning culture that there is at Amherst College? Yeah, those are those are those are really good questions. First of all, um, I was fortunate enough that Amherst College was doing doing a lot of good things before I was uh-huh, even uh-huh. before I was even here. So I was uh, I, I'm kind of guilty by association. I, I was still <laughs> I, I was still a kid that you know I don't know if anything I've done um, is directly related to. Um, any of our successes, I mean, we're, we're a great institution, we have great leadership, have a great president, and we get, you know, tremendous support and have a good history, you know, with alums and past people, uh, past uh, teams and so forth. So I'm kind of, I'm just a cog in that piece. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I think it does go back to culture. I think, you know, um, Culture is really important when, you know, in dealing with, you know, you know, you hear pros talk about, pro teams talk about having a good locker room, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, and we talk a lot about culture. You know, our, I know our coaches talk about what kind of culture they want to have and what they that they want to do. And, um, you know, winning is, is great, but it, it, winning doesn't come, um, it isn't more important than student-athlete overall experience. Yeah. And, um, that's the that's the focus point for us and for me particularly, um, and that's regardless of uh, student athlete experience, regardless of playing time, regardless to race, gender, sexuality, any of that stuff. We want to have a, a really inclusive and respected culture in our athletic program um, that hopefully, you know, obviously bleeds over a little bit to our teams and to our overall campus Mm -hmm. and i think i'm a like i'm a believer in that as well as far as you know you develop uh these student athletes professionally and personally off the field and like you said it bleeds in a little a little into the athletic performance and then so i i saw that you know one of the things in your in your bio description was that you help reorganize the leads program which is a the leader leadership development program that you have there at amherst college and really with me um, in my position right now, we don't have a development program, and I've actually been working on a student-athlete leadership development program um, these past couple months that we're going to implement going starting next semester and starting um, next school year. So what was the things, you know, what, what exactly um, does it mean by you help reorganize the LEADS program? What did you implement? What did you change? Sure. Um well, one of the things that, you know, we, we, we are, again, really fortunate that that the college, um, you know, having these leadership programs are great, but you got to have the resources, right? Uh-huh. So, so we were really fortunate that, um, you know, Suzanne Coffey, the pre- previous athletic director, <coughs> excuse me, um, was able to get the funding through this by a lot of generous alumni um and and really start this off and we had you know a first year program a captain's program and then a uh a futures program Mm -hmm. um but what's happened over time i think that you know all these colleges have been focused on a lot of other things and so leadership training is really important um finding out you know personally how to um 
you know, there's we, we talked. It got started because we were talking about how you de- how you develop leaders, right? I mean, yeah. people were talking about captains, and you know, how do you become a good captain? And, and it, was there something that we could do that could help first years and, and have you know leaders, um, you know, train leaders as, as, as first years and sophomores and juniors, and and, and so when they become seniors, they kind of know what to do, or they kind of have a plan. Um, but um, the thing that I, I also feel is that over the last couple of years, I feel like the programs have also been asked to do a lot of different things around um, really important things around um, sexual violence prevention, you know, diversity inclusion, um, mental health awareness. I mean, those are all things um, that go into um, student athlete experience and mm-hmm. uh, college experience and things that are really, really important that um, when, when these uh, student athletes become uh, colleagues and community members and spouses and, and, and things like that, that hopefully that they take that along with them. And so basically what we did, we just talked about, you know, what were the things that were working well and what were the things that weren't working well? How could we include some of that you know, mental health or diversity inclusion or, um, you know, sexual violence prevention. How could we include that into the leadership piece? Um, how could we make that feel that um, if our teams cared about that stuff, um, how do you translate that into being good leaders? Mm-hmm. Um, and how do you make that a competitive advantage, not only for um, – you know, not only for uh, students when they're here, but how do you make that a competitive advantage when, you know, after kids leave? Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we just went back and with a little bit different of a focus and um, threw a little bit of those um, segments into it and then really talked about um, shortening the program to make sure that kids were able to take full advantage and there's a lot of things that go on on the college campus and lectures and uh, recitals and a lot of things outside of, of, of sports and so being I think it's really important for students at at this level and other levels to be fully integrated in the in, in the campus community and so how do you give kids more time um, outside of sport and with leads um, you know, could, is, was there a way to shorten the programming to give to, to have really good programming, but allow for these other, you know, for for students, other interests, and and supporting other community members? And I think it's important. I think a lot of people think as athletic administrators, it's all about the athletic experience. But as you as you mentioned, you know, it, it seems that you care a lot more about um, their time after, you know, their actual experience as a person, um, developing personally and professionally, and so. You know, what would your advice be for um, someone working towards being a college athletic director or working in college athletics? Like, for example, I mean, you could, this would be advice that I would take personally for me because, you know, my, my one of my goals is is to be a college athletic director one day. So what would your advice be? Yeah, I, I think first and foremost is, um, you know, having patience, right? I mean, mm-hmm. there's. There's only one athletic director at all these schools, and even though there's a lot of schools out there, um, having that patience, um, 
is, is important. Um, knowing that, you know, and, and some of those low-level jobs don't pay a whole heck of a lot of money, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is which is unfortunate. But I think, you know, trying to get locked in and, and doing whatever you can um, to make people's jobs easier. And, um, you know, so if you have an opportunity as a, I don't know, the facilities intern, you know, be the best facility intern person that you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, meet other coaches in the department, get out there, maybe try to be creative and um, be willing to do other things outside of your job description, right? I mean, just because you're the facility guy, if they need someone to be on a committee or, or do something, volunteer for that. But being, you know, try to do as much as you can. Um, to build your own resume and take responsibility and be accountable for your own resume than necessarily your, your you know what, what it says on the paper that you're supposed to do um and so i think part of part of my um my path is in, in administration is you know i i was uh i was in charge of the weight room mm-hmm. and um it, you know, we had a new facility built, and they wanted me to be in charge of the weight room and hire people and be, you know, hire monitors and, and so forth. I did that, and then I said, "Well, who the heck's reserving the tennis courts? I might as well do that. I'll do it." Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know who's overseeing the equipment guy? Hey, I'll do it. You know, who's over? Who wants to? You know, I know who wants to oversee facilities. If someone retired, hey, I'll do that. I can do it. Yeah. And so I just kept making up my own. You know, I was fortunate that um, I had really good people that I got along with and people like me, but um, I just kept taking on stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, eventually I created my, sort of created my own position here in terms of how I scoped it. And um, I think that was a big part for me. I know not everybody, I know not, not everyone has those opportunities and, and things like that, but um I would, that's that, that that's my advice is just have some patience and and just work as hard as you can and, and and try to get involved with as many things and make yourself irreplaceable so when it comes down to hey who's the guy that uh sets up the gym oh geez well that's colby oh mm-hmm. geez well mm-hmm. colby's geez colby's always doing a good job so um yeah that's how i would say it I think that's great. That's great advice. I like that. You know, you, your title shouldn't limit the responsibilities that you have. Be willing to to do things more than just what your job description says. And I really I appreciate that advice. And so with every podcast, um, I like to end it with the same question. And you might not remember it off the top of your head, but what's a quote that you can remember that you you know you live your life by, or that provides you inspiration that you could remember? That's a good one. Um, there's a couple that I, uh, and I don't know if there's quotes or sayings or something, mm-hmm. but um, I have two. I have two things written on my board, and I've had it written here, and I and I don't know. I, I probably stole it from somebody <laughs> uh, at a coaching clinic. Um, and on my blackboard, it's still on my whiteboard here in the office. It says, "Don't flinch." Don't um, flinch. And, um, you know, that's something that um, I, you know, I, I know I talked, I used when I was coaching, right, about being aggressive and, you know, not running from stress situations, run into those stressful situations. Don't be afraid of um, things that you might not be sure about. And so 
just don't flinch, have a good plan, and, and just get it done and keep attacking in, in a good way. Um, you know, and so that's something that, I, that I've uh, if, just always thought about. And, you know, when I think I'm, you know, when there's a hard decision to make or, you know, something's come up that I have no idea, you know, maybe what the right avenue is, I think about that. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that's helped me. Uh, a little bit talk you know you know talk you know talk through that stuff that's a that's an original one that's that's one i've actually never heard and that's great that you still have it on your your whiteboard there well don i really appreciate you taking the time out of your day because i know especially as an athletic director i know you're very very busy um and again you know thank you again for doing this i think a lot of the listeners will find very a lot of value from your own journey you know, being willing to do things outside of, outside of your responsibility, um, pushing yourself. And then, like you said, don't flinch, you know, run into these stressful situations and don't shy away from it. So, again, thank you, Don. I really appreciate you. Thank you, Colby, and uh, best of luck with the show and uh, have a great holiday. Let me know if, I can, if, uh, if, if you need anything else. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for joining me on Sports is a Job podcast. If you found value from this podcast in this episode, I please, I ask you to share it with others. I do not want the value of the guests that come on go to waste. Secondly, please leave a review, whether it's five, four, three, two, or one stars, good or bad. I want to hear it. The only way I can improve And the only way I know it's helping people out there is if you leave a review. And until next time, the journey continues.